Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 251. I was thinking about it the other day, and there's probably a good chance that you don't really know that much about how I really got my start or what those early days looked like for me. I mean, I talk a lot about my journey and I share bits and pieces of how I got to where I am, but I've never really dove into what my reality looked like as I took the leap from my windowless corporate job into the world of entrepreneurship. And maybe, just maybe like me, you're sitting exactly where I was all those years ago, knowing that your soul-crushing job just couldn't be all that this life had for you, or wanting more, but you're not even sure what wanting more could look like, or if you could make it happen. So let me pull back the curtain and welcome you into the life of 23-year-old Jenna, who believed that there was more for her out there, but could have never dreamed what was really ahead. I'm holding nothing back today. Are you guys ready? Let's dive on into my pre-entrepreneur life. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru, Jenna Kutcher, will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thanks to TripActions for supporting Gold Digger. TripActions rewards travelers for saving their company money. Go to tripactions.com slash golddigger, complete a 30-minute demo with a TripActions account exec, and get a $100 Amazon gift card. Thank you to ShipStation for supporting Gold Digger. You can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code Gold Digger. No risk. Start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation.com promo code Gold Digger. When I start to think back about those early days, I'm transported back to our first apartment. The one we moved into when we got married. I remember thinking it was the biggest, nicest little apartment, and I didn't mind the fact that we were in this random Wisconsin village of 1,200 people or that we were the youngest residents by a solid 20 years. We were finally living together, and it was the best. 
Our apartment was a mix of college hand-me-downs and new wedding gifts. It was a hodgepodge of Kohl's decor and framed photos, and we loved it. What had landed us in that tiny random village? Well, my corporate job with Target. We were living in Madison, Wisconsin, when I found out that the store I was placed at was actually a solid 55-minute drive away, which meant for really, really long days. That kind of left me falling asleep during dinner and really burnt out. So we decided we were going to make the move and the move landed us right in the middle so that my commute would be cut in half. And there we were. We were newly married and living in a place where we didn't know a soul. It was around this time that I was starting to get serious about potentially starting my own business. I'm sure your eyes will roll if you've listened to this show for a while, but just in case, I have to explain what landed me in a place of even contemplating starting an actual business. In 2011, we were planning our wedding, we were strapped for cash, we were broke out of college, I had student loans, and we were funding the majority of our wedding on our own. To give you just a little perspective, our entire wedding budget was about $12,000 to host over 200 people. So yes, we had pizza at our wedding and we served sheet cakes and my dress was a clearance rack dress that cost a whopping $358. It was also a season of life where I felt inspired by making our day unique without breaking the bank and I loved all things wedding. Like I was obsessed with weddings, especially the photos. Now, this is pre-Pinterest era, but I sat and perused wedding blogs. I even started my own wedding blog with a friend called A Northwoods Wedding, and we ran it for years. It was actually the number one Midwest wedding blog for a really long time, but that isn't the point. The point is, is that I was looking at wedding photos all day, every day, and falling in love with wedding photography. I was on Facebook one day when an acquaintance posted a Craigslist listing for a camera that cost $300 and it had fancy lenses that I knew nothing about. And so, of course, I did what anyone else would do. I jumped on it. Needless to say, I had no idea how to use it. I had never taken a photography or an art class, but I wanted a nice camera to help document things like my wedding shower and the planning process, like all the things that were going on in our life. So now that you know that I had zero experience as an entrepreneur, was in this season of life that included planning a wedding, having a wedding, working 50 plus hours a week at my corporate job. And did I mention that we were also running a full marathon that year? Let's talk about some of the things that you might not have guessed about my early days as an entrepreneur. So starting out, like, I just have to tell you, I wanted to do things right. Like I went to school for business, but it was corporate management and not entrepreneurship. And even though my education wasn't fully aligned, I knew that I wanted to jump over some of the bigger hurdles right away. And let me just preface this all with saying I guessed as I went, but I also made some really wise decisions too. If any of you are Enneagram lovers, I'm a three, the achiever. And so I knew that if I was really going to do something and start a photography business, I wanted it to be successful. I'm afraid of failing, especially publicly failing. And so that fear probably pushed me in a positive direction for a few things. So let's start with the things that I managed to do right. And I say managed like very loosely because I mean, a lot of this was like through Google search bar. So number one, legalities. I found and sought out a local accountant 
and set up an appointment to talk about all of the scary legal things and to figure out what it meant to set up an actual business. Like, what would it mean for taxes? And how do I know if I'm legal? And let me disclose the fact that I wasted a few hundred dollars on LegalZoom choosing the wrong things that my accountants then had to undo. But hey, you live and you learn. And I'm so thankful that I had the foresight to start there because those accountants they still work with me today and they've watched my business grow and they've walked me through every season and every phase. I am so, so thankful for them. So before you think an accountant is going to cost you a ton of money or you're not gonna be able to find the right person no matter where you live, chances are first they're gonna save you money and also make sure the IRS doesn't come knocking on your door. And really, if I could find them in a tiny village of 1200 on Main Street, I'm pretty sure you can find somebody near you as well. Now, if I could go back, I would probably look into something like the contract shop, which my friend Christina started and didn't exist when I was launching. But having someone understand the industry and the legalities of it would have been a great place to start. I mean, I got part of this right. I have a few tools about contracts at jennacutcher.com slash contracts if that's something you know you need to look into. The next thing I did right was all about branding. And I knew the importance of branding. I remember back in college, the courses that fascinated me the most were the marketing courses where we got to dissect brands, like look at things like logos and typefaces and figure out which products sold better because of what was on the packaging or the shelf placement. I loved that kind of stuff. And I still love that piece of my business to this day. One of my college roommates had a boyfriend whose sister was in design school and was willing to help me create a logo. And so I paid her $200 to help me create a quote brand, which at the time I thought was just a logo and fonts and colors. But at least I started my business with a solid idea of branding and invested a little bit into the way things were going to look. Beyond just the way things looked, I also understood that what things looked like also had to make people feel something. As a bride-to-be myself, I knew what I valued most as a bride, and it wasn't just the picture-perfect portraits. It was all those tiny moments that I knew I would miss being the center of attention, the center of the show. And so I wanted to make sure my brand was communicating that I was basically the set of eyes on the day that would live long after the wedding ended. Now, when I think of branding all those years ago, at the time I was focused on the way things looked, but I can also see now that I used that image that I created to help people feel something when they landed on my page. Now, I also made a smart move here, and this one might surprise you a little bit. I realized that I wanted to specialize. So after a few months of photographing really random things from babies to boudoir, cats to political rallies, I quickly realized that I wanted to specialize in couples and weddings. And I feel like this ended up being a super crucial decision because it not only set me apart from other photographers, but it showed people that I was focused on doing one thing really well and I was passionate about a facet of photography. It was also helpful that I myself had been a recent bride so that I could talk wedding with my clients, share my own experience in being a bride and what it was like to plan a wedding day. I feel like a lot of times when we're passionate about something, especially a skill or a service, we're willing to take on any project or client that is willing to pay us. And while I definitely went through a few months with that mentality, I figured out quickly what I loved and learned what I dreaded. And I also understood that time was limited. Like my time was so 
limited because this was just a side hustle. And I was still working a 50 plus hour a week job. And that had me alternating nights and weekends. And so if I was going to give up my time for this whole thing, I wanted it to be for things that I was excited about. And so specializing and saying, I am a wedding and couple photographer, man, that was a good move. I don't even know if I knew that at the time. Think about it. I mean, if you were in New York City and you're walking down the street and you want something for lunch, are you going to go to a place that says the best sub sandwiches and pizzas and french fries and burgers and conies and all the things all in one? We're great at everything. Or are you going to pick a place that has the best burger in Manhattan? Like, People want the best of the best. And when you specialize, instead of seeing this array of options, people know like, I want to go to the best person. And this person is that for me. That was a side tangent, but for real, like specializing was a good move. So the next thing that I did really well was side hustle. And I'm sure when you see people with big businesses, you kind of forget that they had to burn the candle on both ends to get to where they are. Did you guys know that I side hustled this dream for well over a year before I left my nine to five? And I know that's not a long time. When I say the word hustle, though, I mean it. And I actually hate that word now. But a lot of times we forget that all of these successful businesses that you see today on the gram started as a side hustle. And I think it's a brilliant way to get things set up so that when you're ready to take a leap of faith, you're absolutely ready to rock and be successful. Now, I made an early decision to never go into debt for my business. Heck, I still had student loans to worry about. And so I used my nine to five to help fund and fuel my business. So Drew and I, we were budgeters. Like we sat down and we budgeted. And each month I had a hundred or so dollars that I could save and invest into my business. Every penny I earned was being poured back into my business, whether it was on new camera gear or things like a domain name, a WordPress site, or business cards. Each month, little by little, I got things aligned and started gaining traction. I didn't have a full lineup of lenses. In fact, I didn't even know what those little numbers on the lenses meant. I'm being so honest. And I was utterly clueless on how to do a thing like shoot in manual, but I did have a creative eye and a way of finding light and taking pretty pictures. I also spent a ton of time on places like YouTube. I read a ton of blogs. I searched for answers to my questions on how to get better. And you could say I kind of subscribed to Google University to learn how to become a better photographer. I feel like people are embarrassed to share that what they are doing is a side hustle, but I'm proud of it. Like I was superwoman and I often look back at the season and wonder how I managed it all. Like how the heck did I balance all the things? I was so busy, but I think that my passion was so fierce that working late into the night didn't bother me. So if you're a side hustler out there, be proud of it and really learn to value your time because your time is the one thing that you can't get back. If you're running a product-based business, you know how important it is to get your products into the customer's hands as soon as possible. I sell my limited edition necklaces and other items at Shop Jenna Kutcher, and I am in love with ShipStation. No matter where you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface so you can manage it anywhere, even from your phone. ShipStation works with major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, and Amazon Fulfillment. You can 
can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and for your customer. And any business can access the same major postage discounts, usually reserved for the large Fortune 500 companies. ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Gold Digger listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code Gold Digger. And you can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. Visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Gold Digger. That's ShipStation.com, promo code Gold Digger. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. There's a reason half of business travelers do not use their company's chosen travel management platform. It's because booking travel for work is still outdated, time-consuming, and costly. If you're frustrated with your company's travel management program or lack thereof, check out TripActions. It's a complete solution to help businesses save and keep employees happy. They're the first travel management platform designed with a road warrior in mind. It's super easy to book your company's business travel via the app or desktop, and they have 24-7 support around the globe, plus incentives for employees to save on travel expenses. Companies big and small see over a 90% adoption, and they save up to 34% on travel spend when they use TripActions. Companies from Lyft and Sara Lee's Frozen Bakery use TripActions for their business travel. They reward travelers for saving their company money, and they'll reward you just for checking them out. Head to tripactions.com slash gold digger, complete a 30-minute demo with a TripActions account executive, and you'll get a $100 Amazon gift card. But it's this month only. So head to tripactions.com slash gold digger for a free demo and a $100 Amazon gift card. The next thing that I did right is set goals. I mean... This podcast is called Gold Digger, right? From the very beginning, I didn't just set elusive goals. I set standards that would support the fact that I didn't want to run a haphazard business or fall flat on my face after walking away from the security of things like salary and benefits. I knew a few things about myself that might not look the same for you, but since this episode is all about my early days, here we go. Let me preface this by saying I never quit. Like, I hate the word quit. Every job I've ever had, I left because I was moving. So it wasn't like a peace out, I'm done, I'm going somewhere else. The thought of giving a two weeks notice, it scared me. Like, it kind of made me feel like I was going to throw up. I actually had a lot of nightmares about it. And I also grew up in a more traditional home where my parents worked their same job for decades understood seniority, they worked their way up, and they were so thankful for the stability and the benefits and the 401ks. And here I knew if I was going to walk away from all of that, I better have a good plan. Like I knew that I personally wouldn't feel comfortable leaving until I had some sort of plan that would at least set me up for success for the upcoming year. And for me, that looks like matching my salary before putting in my notice. So it looks like spending an entire year working towards my goal of booking 25 weddings at about $2,500 to match my salary and give me a little cushion for my expenses. And if you're curious of like how I somehow managed to book 25 weddings, I share it all back in episode 141, how I booked 25 weddings with zero experience. It's a really great show and it's exactly what it says. So yeah, I did a few things right. And I really focused on having a plan that I could execute that would ensure the avoidance of falling flat or becoming a total failure. But let's get back to some of the things you probably didn't know about those early days. Things I haven't really ever talked about. 
We could call it the juicy stuff. Did I tell you about the time 10 days before our wedding that Drew lost his job unexpectedly? Yeah, I probably left that part out. That was really stressful. Like here, our final wedding bills are due and suddenly we're down to one salary. Scary. After our wedding, it took Drew a good three months to find a new job, and I supported that with a side order of being a total passive-aggressive wife because I didn't want him to settle into a job that he didn't like and have us both be miserable. And so he sent out resume after resume. He went to job interviews and job fairs. He worked a few odd jobs to help make some money, and then he got into the wine world. And as you can imagine, all of these life shifts led to a little anxiety. We were newly married. My husband's unemployed. We have student loan payments due. We're living on one salary. I hate my job. And I'm thinking about starting a business in a field I know virtually nothing about. It wasn't exactly the perfect situation to up and leave the stability that my salary provided, but it didn't stifle me from stopping preparing. Like I had faith that the time would come and that even though our circumstances weren't currently perfect, now was as good a time as any to get started. Now, another thing you might not know is that I had zero connections. We literally didn't know a single soul who lived in our town. I was over six hours away from my hometown in Minnesota. Our college friends had all dispersed, so it wasn't like I had this eager audience of brides and grooms ready to trust me with their wedding day. I think a lot of times we assume that people are starting businesses that grow because of the supportive connections, whether it's family or friends or a built-in network, but we didn't have any of that. I had zero social media following, no online audience, and I didn't have the chance to start small and build up, which is why it was so critical that I started off on the right foot, building a brand, creating an online space, and then figuring out how to get my message out there. I think this forced me to get comfortable marketing myself early on because I knew that no one else was going to market for me and I didn't have an audience awaiting every move eagerly. Now, I hate to admit this next point, but if I'm keeping it real with you, I didn't really know how to use my camera. (laughs) I bet a bunch of photographers just died around the world, but for real, I didn't understand how to shoot in manual. I didn't get what all the numbers meant when people talked about lenses. I had absolutely no idea how to use a flash, and so I was totally winging it. And while I hate admitting that, I also think it helps you to see that it's okay to start and take imperfect action. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and like entirely be uneducated and take a chance on hoping you can photograph someone's most important day of their lives, but I am telling you that it's okay to begin before you have all of the answers. If I had waited until I knew everything, I'd probably still be waiting. I remember when I was at one of my first weddings, I ended up sitting next to a guy who knew a lot about photography. Now, mind you, the bride and groom chose me to photograph their day and not him, but he had a lot of questions for me. I remember him asking me which lens was on my camera, and I literally had to look down at it and read off the numbers to him because I didn't really know. It's wild now. Because I don't even like I get hives when I think back to this. And now I like don't even have to think twice about shooting in manual and I can spit out every model number, every shutter speed, every aperture without second thought. But it took time 
Things take time. And when I look back at what I did when I was starting, I still see beautiful images. Sure, the editing might have been a little weird and some of the poses were a little funky, but I have this ability to connect with humans in a way that I wanted to be connected with myself. And I use that to create beautiful photos that only got better with time. Sometimes passion can trump perfection. And in my case, that's exactly what happened. I didn't have a photography degree. I didn't have a full bag of gear, but I did know what kind of photos I personally wanted as a bride. And I gave my couples those exact photos and so much more. People expect your skill, the one that they hire you for, but what they don't expect is the experience that only you can offer them. And dang, my experience was pretty good. One other thing I feel like I have to explain is the fact that I was struggling so hard with feeling like an imposter. Like actually, I couldn't even say the words, I am a photographer. When people ask me what I did, I always hid behind my corporate job that made me feel powerful and worthy and impressive. Saying that I was trying to become a photographer meant that people could ask me questions I might not have the answers to. It left me feeling vulnerable and cautious. And after coming across a few nasty feeds in Facebook groups about photographers, it kind of made me want to hide. It's wild to think about how uncertain I was in that season because I knew exactly what I wanted. But I was so worried about what people would think about that dream that I hid behind titles that the world knew. Ones that didn't invite more conversation or ones that wouldn't make people question my path. The world is comfortable with corporate things, executive terms, but I felt like it was against the dreamers, the doers, the people who are pursuing something more. And I knew I was fragile enough to believe others' opinions if I welcomed them into my life. So I often just left out that little detail that I was attempting to escape the impressive corporate job that I, in fact, hated to do something different. I think no matter what you do, when you step into a new role, there's this feeling like someone is going to call your bluff or remind you that you don't really know what you're doing. It's this fear of being found out. But here's the thing. While you're so worried about what everyone else is thinking, they're probably not even thinking about you. It's like we're letting people's potential thoughts that they probably aren't even having hold us back. And when you look at it that way, it's like the silliest reason to not pursue your biggest dreams, right? So as you embark on this new adventure, don't worry about what other people are thinking. Worry about what you think and know about yourself and what your life should be filled with. Because you only have one life, you guys. Like, I want to make sure you're making it count. Now, looking back, I'm reminded of all of the growing pains, the doubt, the fear, the small bank accounts, the bills, the questioning. But I'm also reminded of the straight up passion, the passion that made me go to bed with a camera on my nightstand, the passion that left me eager to respond to every email, the passion at the thought that this could be my life, a life not filled with punching a time clock or sitting in meetings, but a life that was fueled by what I love. Not a day goes by that I don't wake up with so much gratitude that I don't have to report to a boss or an office. Not a day goes by that I don't have gratitude that I am in control of what's next and I am in control of how I show up and serve the world. Not a day goes by that I don't think of you wherever you are in this journey. And I whisper a silent prayer that you will just go for it, that you will pursue those passions, 
that you won't ignore that greater call to live a bolder life, one filled with excitement and enthusiasm, and that you'll start showing up and serving the world in a way that only you can serve it. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to wait for perfection. Today is the perfect day to start really going after those big dreams on your heart. And I think it's time for you to get started right now. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thanks for coming on a walk with me down memory lane. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.